You want your business to succeed. Technology can get you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology is impacting your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, CEO of Sabino Comtech and industry unicorn, Nancy Sabino. Hello, hello there, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you again so much for joining me on another episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success podcast. And I am so excited for today's episode because I have an awesome guest uh, with us today. One of my, what I I deem as one of my mentors, as uh, someone I look up to within the business world, a fierce woman, a contender in her industry, um, and I feel like we definitely have a lot of things in common because we are both uh, women in male-dominated industries, and we are taking them by storm, I like to say. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce you guys to one of my, um, what I call my business BFFs. <laughs> Um, Brandy, uh, Brandy, thank you so much for joining me today and tell everybody um, who you are and what you do, and then we'll go on from there. Thank you for having me, Nancy, and congratulations on, I think, the success of this podcast. I know it's something that you've been wanting to do, to do for a little while, and it's so neat to see somebody actually carry the ball across the court, so I'm glad to be here. Um, as you said, Brandy Harlow, um, I like to say the metal recycling lady. Um, I am. I'm passionate about recycling. I'm passionate about growing businesses. Um, and I'm passionate also about family and building on a legacy. So um, we have South Post Oak Recycling Center. It's a 26-year business. We've been serving the public as well as manufacturing facilities and government entities over that period of time. Um, and we just look to continue to grow and add value. And I look to continue to serve along the way. I'm so happy that you're here and that we're having uh, this conversation because I think that it's important that we um, talk about kind of what your journey has been in business as well as, um, you know, obviously this podcast is about technology and, and how technology contributes to business success and things like that. So we're going to get into that. But really, I, I want to start off with um, people getting to know you a little bit more. And so tell us how you got to your position today and what is that um, legacy that you are talking about? Yeah, you know, I, I love the analogy of a road and you take a road and then you get to different forks in the road and then you decide which way you're going to go. Um, and I think we're all different. I started off, you know, in college. I won't go back to childhood, but I started off in college um, with an interest in industrial organizational psychology. Um, and a lot of people are like, what? It's, so it's IO psychology. And what it really was, was the blending of psychology and business. You know, essentially what motivates people, what are the assessment tools that we can use to, to help people figure out their strengths and, and how can they get 360 feedback 
Well, I just I took a graduate school path to learn that and had my eye on a couple of what I thought were, were sexy or cool companies and was living in California at that time, Southern California, going to college and had my eyes set on the Walt Disney Company. And so I, I set my sights, you know, they talk about being intentional in life. You know, I try to be intentional, said that's where I want to work after I finished grad school and lo and behold, I ended up not at the house of the mouse, but but working for Northrop Grumman. So so training, doing training and development for people who were building B-2 bombers. So that's quite different from the, you know, walking at the Walt Disney Company, but I loved it. That was my grooming ground. I had a great boss, great leaders while I was there. Um, and fast forward after spending a couple years there, um, I went, I did finally land at the House of the Mouse. So I, I went on to Disney. Um, and I say that because this this kind of goes on to how I landed where I am. And so was there um, running an organizational development, leadership development team. And probably about year four in, I, um, I was having lots of conversations with my dad who was back here in Houston, talking to him about the growth of the business. By that time, you know, the business was a good 14 years in. And I remember him mentioning to me at that time, Nancy, he said, you know, Brandy, I'm going to want to sell this one day. And if this is something that you are interested in, um, it, I think it's something that you can take over. Well, I'm sitting on the 405 freeway at this time, driving, almost pulling my hair out, but still really enjoying the work that I was doing. And at that time, I said, there's no way. You know, I, I'm on the career path that I wanted to be on. I got nice cushy office, you know, there's no way. Well, fast forward, I think like many of us, we just get to different junctures in life, you know, where we're like, what's next? And so I hit one of those, it's probably like 10 years into my career. Um, and I was like, what's next? And so one of the executive coaches that I used to hire who worked with the executives that I led at Disney um, said, hey, Brandy, what about your family's um, metal recycling business in Houston? And I said, Peter, what about it? And he said, have you ever thought about kind of going back to this? I just think you got even so much more potential. And so that was a whole journey in and of itself, you know, and I just thought to myself, man, I want to run a business, but I never thought about it being the scrap metal business or the metal recycling business. And so thought about that a few years um, and finally decided, you know, if I'm gonna work this hard, I'm gonna go work this hard for my family. So I decided, what can I do to complement the skills, you know, that my dad and mom had? Because I knew that there was no way I was gonna catch up to 20 some odd years in the industry. And not that it's required, but I decided to go back to school. Um, I figured I'd get an MBA. I'd use that time to kind of hone my business skills and and honestly, Nancy, I used every project that we had while in business school to study and go deeper on my business, South Post Oak Recycling Center, so that by the time I graduated in Jan uh, December of 2012 and put in my resignation in January 2013, um, did a three weeks of sabbatical to Europe and then landed in Houston March of 2013, I didn't look back. And so it's been it's been almost what is it seven years now eight, eight years almost eight years, um, and I've been building on what I call a legacy. And yeah, I work hard. We all work hard. You know, I think a lot of people think entrepreneurship is is all about you know you just controlling your schedule, and you do. But you know just as well as I know, you probably grind harder in this space than you do um, 
as as an employee for somebody. So anyway, so that's that's how I ended up here, and that's that's kind of how why I enjoy building on this legacy. Uh, that your story always has amazed me, and it's a story that I definitely look up to. Um, and because I know you, I know that you you have used your education and not just your schooling education, but your education in in multiple ways and across multiple um, different, I guess, areas of life, and you've brought it into your business. And one one of the things that um, I have looked at when it comes to your business in particular is that you're a multi-generational business. So you're, I think you have a, a bit of a harder job than what would be a founder starting from scratch. Um, kind of like my business, it's, it's one of those where we've built everything from the ground up. So the processes and the systems that we put in place have been us. And so like a clean slate, ultimately speaking, but you're having to work from backwards, bringing it up to date on um, new systems. And, and then because it's the age of the business, you're talking cross multiple technologies um, that have been available to you guys. So how have you have how have you dealt with that first of all, yeah. um, and and then have you found resistance when it comes to uh, and we're both smiling. You can't see us, but we're both yeah. smiling because we know we know how hard yeah. that is. Um, have you encountered resistance, and how did you deal with that resistance? You know, sometimes you have to take a step back and remember where you came from. You know, I mentioned that it's almost eight years and I think some memories we choose to suppress and then others, it's just like, yeah, no, I remember that. I just, but I remember coming here and I was, uh, I was in the office, you know, my first year and I remember looking around having come out of a fortune 50 company and I was looking for my IT team and I was looking for my finance team and I was just looking for all these resources, you know, that I was so used to leveraging and leaning on. And to your point, you know, when you, when you step in, and there's various sizes of family businesses, right? And that, you know, I would say we fit more on the, the small burgeoning middle, middle market type of business right now, but there, there were, to your point, there were already, IT in place, but it looks different than what I what I would do. You know, there was not the level of processes. It was more um, of conversations around what the processes were as opposed to documented processes. Um, even when I came in, there was not even organized email. You know, everybody was emailing, you know, customers, vendors from their personal email account. And so you talk about systems and processes and getting things up to speed. You really got to pick and choose. It's like, okay, where am I going to start? You know, am I going to start with uniformity? Am I going to start with um, document storage and sharing? Am I going to start with um, trying to integrate systems and technology that will allow us to work more efficiently? I mean, there's so many elements to it when you're just thinking of systems, you know, and processes. It's like, where do you start? And so to your question about kind of resistance, um, I felt like I would get the least amount of resistance, which I did with starting with things like uniformity around <laughs> emails, you know, and uniformity around um, shared, you know, I forget what we, it wasn't Dropbox at the time, but I forget what we were, a SharePoint drive, you know, uniformity around, and, and it wasn't even a Microsoft SharePoint drive, it was connected to our, our back end. And so, 
Um, I think we all know who we are working with. And in my case, in your case, the upside is that you can create something from scratch and you, you know, you can build it how you want. And that comes with opportunities and that comes with challenges as well. Um, and so mine, it's like, I have to say, do an assessment to say, what do we currently have and where are we trying to go? Um, and what do we need to, in order to scale or to get there? Um, and then on top of that, then I have to go back to say, okay, what's going to be the easiest to get buy on, buy in on? Um, and then where do we go? Um, and so it's it's been a journey. Um, it's been a journey. I think that there's been some things that have been easier than others. I came into an environment um, where my dad was used to working one on one with an IT guy who had been kind of a pseudo friend, but you know, the expectations of what he delivered, I would just say were very different than my expectations. And so, you know, that was an interesting journey <laughs> very early on. And so I had to make some of these changes and this just goes to change management with the person that was still in place um, initially. And over time, I had got to make um, and influence more and more decisions to the point where it's just like, okay, we see the value of what's going on. You know, it's almost like the cost benefit, but it takes time. It takes time. And oftentimes I think we want change to be a lot faster than it, it can be or that it is, you know? And so, you know, I don't regret it, but it's definitely, it's been a process <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. And that, that's one thing that, uh, on my side of the seat, I would say that, um, I can tell almost when certain business owners aren't ready to, um, or businesses in general, I think you have to have a certain level of maturity for when you are ready to make those changes, um, that will add, uh, efficiency or things like that to your business. Um, Sometimes, one, you're not ready for it, or two, there's no need for it at the moment, or things like that. Um, so, and, and on top of that, you're talking about changes, which is, I mean, it's painful. And so it has to be, the value has to drive the change. And if that value isn't bigger than the pain of change, then it's going to be even harder to do. No, you're spot on. I used to have a saying when I was worked for Disney and I was doing internal consultant and, you know, we used to talk about this concept called the burning platform. Um, and that was in reference to change. And we would say, and I would tell people, I have learned that either the pain has to be so excruciating on the burning platform where it evokes a change or your passion has to be so on fire that it evokes a change. If it's not one of those two, if it doesn't hurt or you don't love it to the point where you just on fire, then you can pretty much forget it, you know, in terms of it happening at that point. Mm. And when it comes to technology, mo most of the time it's the side of pain and not the side of loving it. Exactly. And I would think so. It's like you heard enough, you didn't really, you didn't drop enough balls or, you know, it's taken so much time for you to get stuff done or your people resources that you're like, okay, we got to do something different here. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, so I, I personally think that you are the queen of processes and systems. I've always admired how um, intentional you are with the processes and the systems that you're going to put in place because you know where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those processes um, 
that have changed over the years um, where you have implemented technology in order to move those balls quicker? Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll answer that question, but I'll start off by saying one of one of my thoughts or guiding principles, I guess what I've learned in working for large companies and also kind of in the change management and consultant space and even seeing other businesses is sometimes if businesses grow faster than they have the infrastructure um, to handle, they will start to collapse. You know, so even if your sales are starting to crank in um, and you're, you know, you're picking up steam in that space, but if you don't have the systems and processes or the people training in place to handle it, it'll, it'll start to have holes, you know, and you'll start to potentially lose those customers that you went after getting, you know, even though you're trying to triple your, your revenue, but you, you can't move as quickly or you can't service them or they're not getting the answers that they need or your people can't be consistent because you didn't build in processes and systems to to enable or support that growth. And so that has been a driver for me. That, that's why I've tried to stay on top of things. Um, I've also tried to say, what is it that I'm trying to do? Or where is it that I'm trying to grow to? And then trying to think to myself, what's going to be needed at that level of growth? Okay. And so then building processes and systems that already enable me for that level of growth. So an example would be, um, you know, we we service accounts. And so we will deploy roll-off containers, you know, to, to job sites or to manufacturing facilities or to government agencies. Um, and right now they will call in, you know, our customers will call into our office and they'll ask, you know, for our pickup. Um, and so we have to have a process in place that makes that ensures because one thing that we promise is that we'll we'll service you within 24 to 48 hours. So if I have a couple of people answering the phones, we need to make sure that they are logging that request somewhere and that's being seen by, you know, the operations manager and that's being seen by the driver. In parallel, we also have new customer inquiries or inbound calls where, where new manufacturing companies or uh, fabrication companies are calling to inquire about doing business with us. And so um, my team of coordinators are, scheduled, are, are trained to actually be able to vet these and, and make sure that we answer and get the information that we need to ensure that we're servicing the right customer and that we, we service them them quickly. Well, not one person has all the information. And so while we try to equip them with as much information as they need, they still have to go check, you know, likely with me at some point or the operations manager before we have the official go. So in order to streamline that and make sure that we weren't dropping balls and losing potential customers because we were moving slow, you know, we worked with um, a process improvement consultant to try to build out a system that would allow us to, to not only to not only capture every step of the process, but document it. Document every step of the from from vetting a potential lead or customer all the way to execution to servicing them and what does the follow-up service model look like. So for us, you know, being a smaller company, does that mean that we have to have the most sophisticated project management? software tool? No. Um, but what we opted to do was invest in a CRM system that had a project function, and then we could track this process through it. Um, a lot of people might think, oh, that's overkill. But, you know, my thought is let's get the team ready and prepared to handle the volume that we, we have right now, which could be managed outside of this system. But 
let's let's do it. Let's roll everything into this system now, so that the process is already in place, so that as we're going after this three, fourfold growth, we're ready for it and we can handle it. So that's just one example of of of. And the other piece I would say is just in terms of processes or clarity, I believe in role clarity, very much so. Um, and so, you know, it's important for me, not only, you know, as an owner to clarify roles, but also to have individual departments clarify roles and talk about them on a regular basis, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of their documented roles, what they own. Um, and it allows people to also feel like there is a sense of ownership. Like I know what I'm doing. I know what I control. I know what processes I influence. And so those two things have been a huge asset for us. And it's something that we can't just put on the shelf. You know, we have to keep going back to revisit it to say, is this still working? Those are really good points. Um, one of the things that we always take a look at is um, one, we don't want to change things too many things at once. Yeah. And because that just adds to the pain. Right. And then the other aspect, um, especially to what you were saying is the last thing that you want to do is to start making changes or adding in new new tools that will help with processes when you're in the middle of an ex like a burst of growth yeah that you know at that point in time you you haven't developed that muscle memory and your your team's going to end up running like chickens without a head as opposed to them working off muscle memory and, and being able to handle even more than what they thought they could because they already know the systems like the back of their hands yep I think you hit on something. And, and one thing I thought about as you were talking is I feel like in business, there is enough to react to. There's already just naturally enough to react to. Um, and so while we can't plan for every little single thing, you know, my thought is kind of the Franklin Covey principle is control what we can control, you know, and and. Again, not everything is controllable, but the things that we can, you know, which are inevitably some processes and systems and things that we can be proactive around, let's put those things in place, which then give us a little bit more margin, you know, to to be nimble for those curveballs or those rainy days that will come. Right. But if we're trying to deal with things that we could have proactively planned with, along with the curveballs that we just, you know, that were just inevitable, then it's almost like you set yourself up for excruciating pain, you know. <laughs> as, oh, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to something that's, you know, possibly tolerable, manageable, you know, you can grow through, but, you know, it shouldn't break you. Oh, I like that. And, and you know, growth can be painful. At at its hardest, um, yeah. but, it, but it doesn't have to be if we're being proactive about it and controlling what we can control. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all we can do. I mean, well, I mean, well you can choose something else, but <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question that maybe be um, a a hard question. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Um, so one thing that I frequently say, and I think here or listeners, not hearers, <laughs> was that yeah. listeners uh, hear from me all the time is that IT tends to be something that business owners do not think about until it is broken. 
why do you think that is? Um, I think it's very similar to a few things in life where you, because there's so many things that are top of mind and pressing, you know, so let's just kind of run this out. You know, I need to make sales. Yes. We need to take care of our customers. Yes. We need to take care of our people. Yes. Um, we need to make sure that we have insurance so that in the, you know, so that we don't get shut down. Yes. Right. So there, I think the reason it is, is because there's so many other pressing that seemingly pressing things in front of you that have very acute implications that oftentimes maybe IT doesn't get affected until it feels very painful. That said, the other piece, having come out of corporate America and come to an industry that I feel is growing up professionally, it has thrived, you know, for, and it has a beautiful legacy and a history. Um, but I would say it's not been a very corporate, you know, or polished from a, a, a business standpoint by some people's measures industry, right? Um, so when I came in, I'll just, I'll give you an example. Um, some of some salespeople's um, practices in this industry, when I came in, um, people who wanted to, vendors who wanted to buy my material, and I'm gonna link this to your IT, was just to show up, just to show up, pop in, you know, hey, we'll talk to the owner, you know, or the buyer. And I came in here and I was like, absolutely not, you know? Um, and for me, I equate that to the IT. It's like, I'm going to operate my, my business. I'm going to control my time. I want my people to be planful about what's going on. Um, because you didn't plan for something does not mean that you're going to invade, you know, my space. And so that was a business, uh, to me, a cultural shift. Right. And the cultural shift was around professionalism. So back to kind of IT, I don't think necessarily everybody sees the need for it right away because not everybody is aspiring to have the same level of efficiency or they don't they're not even aware of the level of efficiency that they could that they could have um, and or and or their customer does not demand it or require it seemingly, right? So let's just go back to something as little as just the emails, you know, and having all company emails on the same system, you know, and using the same, you know, I'm forgetting the tagline. What is it called? The domain. The, yeah, same, the domain. same, thank you. When we're all using the same domain, like, is that going to make money? No, you know, it, it doesn't. But for me, it represents a level of professionalism, you know, a level of credibility, right? So that, that is, that's a simple thing that would you you was like, hey, do I need somebody to help me with that? Well, let's take another one, you know, in terms of backing up data, you know, and which is a, something that you something small that you guys do in the grand scheme of it. But if you have a company that has never experienced a loss of data <laughs> and they needed that data, then they hadn't felt the pain yet. Right. You hadn't felt the pain yet. Um, if you're working with a one-man facility or if you have senior leadership that's not really tracking or aware of the time that their people spend doing different tasks or projects, then you might then they might not be aware that their team is spending two to three hours a day troubleshooting what essentially are IT um, challenges, which are what a managed IT firm like yours could handle, right? But if they're not aware of it, that it's even a burden, you know, and it's causing a lack of inefficiency, then they might not pursue it. The last thing I would just say is cost. You know, it's it's it becomes one of those things where you really have to, 
you have to do a cost-benefit analysis. So, so tagging on to the last example, you have to say, well, if my people are spending two to three hours a day at some point troubleshooting or doing something IT related, or, or even two hours a day, what does that add up to at the end of the month? And what does that add up to over the course of the month? And oh, by the way, can I actually hire somebody else to do that? Who is an actual subject matter expert and reallocate my resources to work on growing the business or servicing our customers or working on processes and systems. So there are many reasons, Nancy, you asked if it was a hard question. It is, it's like an onion, but those are the things that come to mind for me. Oof, that was, I think, one of the best answers I've heard to, to this question, just because there are so many truths within there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do recognize that those are some of the reasons why, um, especially when we're talking to someone who, because, I'm going to be real honest about mm-hmm. this, because typically when we are called upon, it is because we have reached or the whoever's calling us has reached yep. this level of pain yep. so that uh, they have bridged through that awareness I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Um, and for me I'm, I'm making it part of my mission and the reason why I have this podcast is is to bring some of that awareness before you run into a problem because you shouldn't have to get to that point it doesn't have to be painful yeah um, so I, I definitely appreciate that answer um, in all its gloriousness that it was. (laughs) You know, I had an interesting thought just while you were talking and I had, I am going to draw a parallel between what you experience as a service provider and what I see from a medical standpoint. So here's, here's one thought is people go to the ER and they need an immediate response, you know, and they need to be taken care of right away. You know, surgeons, doctors, et cetera, have to be skilled, ready, and but they know that it's a high intense environment. And and I have a feeling that that's probably this the 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 pace or the speed at which a lot of your customers are probably coming in you know if, for those who like football you know it's like the ball is coming in hot like you you better be ready um and and ready to respond really quickly on the flip side of of healthcare you know it's so much harder to for people to buy into preventative medicine or preventative tactics right you know it's like Oh, well, if you meditate, oh, if you if you exercise, oh, if you go to bed and get this, oh, if you don't eat these foods type of thing, right? Because it just, it has a slower burn rate, right? You don't feel, <laughs> yeah. you don't see the effects to it until you have to go to the ER, unfortunately, or you, until you, and God forbid, or until you have to just go to the doctor, right, um, for some treatment. And so you just, even if you look at that, you know, people are more likely to go to the doctor when they're in pain, you know, as opposed to take preventative measures, you know, to mitigate that. So anyway, that was just something interesting I thought about as you were talking. Yeah, no, and that's perfect. That That's exactly how... Um... It should be described because that's exactly the difference. Um, and, you know, to me, and it's because of what I do, I see it like we, you don't have to go to the ER. You don't have to get to that point. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be that way, especially, and, and I think about it in the sense that instead of thinking about it uh, in a way that um, the the cost to benefit ratio being uh, what is it going to cost me? 
flipping that question to how much more can I make when I put these systems and these processes and this technology in place? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of, I think, the piece that mi that is missing a lot of the times when people think about technology. It's, mm -hmm. it's more thought of as a cost burden as opposed to an investment. And I think that you have been one of those people that have seen the fact that it's necessary for your business to function. So why not, you know, push it not just to a bare necessity, but also how can your business thrive? Um, with these technologies in place. Yeah. You know, one thing I would say too, it, I don't know if it helped coming out of an environment, you know, previously, you know, or a company where, you know, IT resources were there. And so it was almost like seamless. Like, you know, if something was going on with computer or software, you know, it was just like, pick it up. You know, I got the, the, I call it the magic folks, the magic team on the other side, they fix it and I keep working. Right. Whereas when I, when I got here to our business, I, it, it actually, things caused me to slow down and it frustrated me, you know, because, you know, we didn't have a central repository for documents or, you know, I had to back up, you know, we, we would lose things because it wasn't backed up. And, and so I guess, I felt the pain very early on having come from a more integrated environment. Um, and so that helped also just knowing what my people were doing. And because we have an open environment, if if I were feeling if I was feeling people getting frustrated or they'd be like, oh my gosh, it's taking an hour to do XYZ, you know, I'm just like, what's taking an hour? <laughs> and so and then immediately as a business owner, I'm like, yeah, no, you shouldn't spend an hour doing that. So we need to fix that. <laughs> so so but if again, if you're not, if you're not attuned to those things and all you you just you just know your people are, are working, they're doing something. Um, then you can possibly ask yourself and say, man, is this going to make me money? You know, is this, is this going to help me make money? And that can be harder to see if you just don't pull, pull back the layers. And I'm not saying as a business owner or leader, you need to stay in the weeds. I ju you just need to understand what's going on. Mm, good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the things that, um, I think we've talked about as well, um, has been how do you get to the point of uh, realizing what technology you need at what points? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that may help other business owners as well. So what's your advice on that? Yeah. Uh, well, let's, I guess let's dissect a couple things. So um, business technology. So for us, I knew that as we were scaling, I needed everybody to be on the same office systems. You know, um, so we use a Microsoft Office Suite. And why was that important? Because I wanted uniformity. I wanted people to have ease to, to use different documents. And so um, for me, it was like, okay, it was a convenience and ease of use and as well as a uh, uh, continuity. So I was, I personally was most familiar with the Microsoft office suite. Um, I also, I have to admit, I'm not someone that likes a steep and long learning curve. You know, I will go with whatever's closest to my level of familiarity, you know? And so we made a decision at that point that that was going to be a system that was scalable, but that was also after guidance, you know, from somebody like you to say, here's the functionality, you know, um, I think it helps to 
be able to know directionally what you want and then to have a subject matter expert say, okay, well, here's some tools or softwares for you to get there. So some things that we, I know we wanted. I know we wanted continuity. I know we wanted thing, um, things backed up. I know that we wanted, uh, I know we wanted our documents backed up. For us, we have to capture um, customer information using video cameras. So we knew we needed a system that could reliably do that. Um, I knew that we were going to continue to hire and some of our staff was going to be virtual and this was pre-COVID. And so we needed system and infrastructure that would allow them to be able to tap into our systems and networks. Um, so I think what helps Nancy is even though I didn't know what type of platform it was going to be, I knew that I was expecting growth. I knew that I was going to not my entire workforce would not all be here. Um, and so those things kind of led to, okay, what are some of the systems and technology? The other thing for us is we use a point of sale system that preceded our IT, you know, our managed service provider. Um, and so for us, whatever systems are um, and, and IT infrastructure we went with, we know we needed to, it to be able to integrate with our point of sale system. So that also became another factor for us in deciding what we were gonna move forward with. Um, given that, you may also have perspective because we've worked with you to say, you know, here's something, did you see anything different that you feel like um, prompted us to move in a certain direction? And I know you laugh and you're like, I'm the one interviewing over here, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so, those are some things that I, I, I can, I saw. You. No, uh, and that's, um, that's a good question. I, I think, um, as, as a professional, you got to take a look at um, the business at hand and how that business functions. Um, I've said this before where uh, the foundation, the foundation that you can set up for IT um, and for a business is the same and should be, could be the same standardized across the board. Um, but when it comes to the nuances of the business, you have to understand what the business goals are and you have to understand the direction that they're going. So a, a business, even if it's in the same industry, the same type of business, the same amount of employees and whatnot is going to be completely different in their setup um, or what's advised depending on where they're going. So if you have a company that is looking for fast growth um, versus a company that is looking to stay the same, to be um, stable for years to come, you're going to need different processes. You're going to need different systems. And you have to take a look at that as, a, as an IT professional um, in order to be able to advise the business owners in the best way possible. And if you're not doing that, then you should yeah. <laughs> in my opinion yeah I agree I agree and you know that took me to something else just to think about is you know that perspective you just provided also helped me realize when it was time to evolve the resources that we were using and so to me there were a couple of things that would trigger that if I felt like I was working with somebody who could not scale with me 
um, that was one trigger for me. If I was working with somebody, because I'm not an IT expert, right? And so whoever I'm working with, I want them to be not only an expert, but I want them to proactively advise, consult, inform, right? And so to your point, if the person or the firm that I'm working with is aware of our growth goals and directions, which I would hope that they would, then they could not work to upsell me but look at really look at what we have and make recommendations you know about what we might need or what's going to allow us to you know to make some cost effective solutions today so that we're not paying larger amounts going forward you know as opposed to somebody that just waits for things to break down for us or it's not working and then say oh well xyz would have helped you and so i'm really for me just kind of scalability and actually caring about our IT infrastructure and helping us to make the some some good decisions, you know, so that it doesn't hurt us so much are some factors for me in deciding, you know, who I use, who I leverage, where I go. That's a really good point. Um, when it comes to the IT industry, I know I might get crap for this, but um, it, it can be a wild west, ultimately speaking, because there's no regulations around um, you know, the IT industry in general. Right. So really it comes down to who are you getting the advice from um, and what is their knowledge? Where are they starting from? That kind of thing. And for me, I, I have to look at it in the sense of I'm going to start from the business perspective first because that's essentially what matters most. Because yeah. um, if if you don't uh, look at the business perspective first, then the IT doesn't matter, ultimately speaking. Right. Um, exactly. So you got to look at it that way. Um, and then the IT just follows. It has to follow the business's lead. Exactly. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. And that's, um, that's something that I, I firmly believe it, that has to be the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, well, I we're getting to the the top of our time. Um, I have one quick, maybe it's quick. I don't know. <laughs> we'll make question it quick. for you. We'll make it quick. <laughs> Last question for you. Um, what advice would you give to business owners who are trying to grow their companies, um, or that are trying to just make ends meet? Ultimately speaking on how they should view technology for their businesses. Yeah, you know, I think a view that I have is, you know, bite off a little bit at a time um, and look at it in phases or, or yeah, look at it in phases or tiers, whatever you relate to the most. Um, I, I think it can be very daunting, you know, to say, you know, I need systems in place, you know, I need I need the best technology in place, unless of course that is your business model. Unless your competitive advantage to me is to have the highest grade of technology and innovation, I think for many businesses, you know, it, it may just be a matter of what's going to help us deliver and serve and operate efficiently right now. Um, and find somebody, you know, who's very smart in that area who can advise. I think it's it's a disadvantage for businesses to have somebody internally who is not an IT expert, 
to to try to figure it out, kind of like a pet project. I think that there potentially could be a lot of time wasted there. Um, and so my recommendation is to identify one to two things, you know, from an IT or software standpoint that they feel like will make a difference, um, not just from a sales perspective, but if you look at it the other way and you say, what's going to allow us a cost savings because I'm not having people waste time um, finding resources that could have been orchestrated or so forth, or even trying to get things to work. And I'm, I might start there. I might start with just the reframing to say, what could help us be more efficient internally and what could help us build credibility and service our customers um, and start there. Um, and that could be a good place to go. And then after you get some traction there, then you take the next step, you know, and say, okay, what do we need to implement that will help or enable us to get to our, you know, one year, two year out growth goals, and then put that technology and systems in place that would enable that. You heard that's it. What I think. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, that's great advice. Um, Thank you so much, Brandy, for uh, joining me on this episode and for all of this nuggets, like knowledge nuggets. <laughs> Love it. No, you have I'll, given it's up. my pleasure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's my pleasure. No worries. One last thing. Tell folks how they can reach you if they have any questions or they want to talk to you about your experience uh, and or if they want to recycle some metals. Yeah, absolutely. As Nancy said, so we're South Post Oak Recycling Center here in the Houston area. Um, you can always call us at 713-433-9944, or you can find me personally on LinkedIn at Brandy Harlow. It's um, B-R-A-N-D-I. Last name is H-A-R-L-E-A-U-X. So in this day and age with technology, I think we're all findable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some people may not want to be found. No. That's true. That's very true. That is very true. In this case, I'm okay. Okay. Thank you, Nancy. I'll, I'll also include that in the show notes, and we'll see you next time, folks. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me and my guest. I hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect in between episodes, visit my website, nancysabino.com. Follow me at Nancy Sabino S-E-T on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Nancy Sabino on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. See you next time.